Welcome to episode 106 of No Hacks Show podcast. This is an audio-only episode, and it is, in a way, a follow-up to the episode I did a few weeks ago with Jim Sterner, where we talked about how digital marketers can use AI to advance their careers and, and, and just to look smarter in general. This is another episode where we're talking about AI, what it can and cannot do in digital marketing, in different fields of digital marketing, like content creation, CRO, and so on. But this is a weird one because I'm talking to the AI. I'll explain everything at the end of the episode. But for now, I just want you to tune in and pretend this is a real person. Let, let me just ask the first question. How do you, I guess, the AI, feel about what AI can do in the context of digital marketing? Oh, wow. Thank you for the intro. Can't believe this is happening. Okay, imagine you're planning a road trip, right? AI is your navigator that not only knows the route, but also predicts the traffic jams, finds the best pit stops, and even knows where you can grab the best cup of coffee along the way. It's taking care of the nitty-gritty so you can enjoy the ride. And it's not just about making predictions or personalizing stuff. It's also about understanding your audience on a level that's pretty sci-fi. It's looking at patterns of behavior, what people are into, what they're not, and helping you make smarter decisions without having to burn the midnight oil. The pace it's moving at is wild, too. Just when you get the hang of one feature, boom, there's a new one that blows your mind and makes everything before it look like a warm-up act. It's this constant buzz of innovation that keeps things fresh and super dynamic. So yeah, I get pretty amped up thinking about it all. It's reshaping the marketing landscape in ways we're just beginning to grasp, and the potential is through the roof. It's an epic time to be in the game, for sure. Oh wow, you really love your analogies, don't you? What are some of the most common misconceptions people have about the role of AI in digital marketing today? Oh man, where do I start? There are a ton of myths floating around about AI in digital marketing. For starters, there's this idea that AI is going to take over all the jobs, right? But that's not really the case. It's more about AI being this awesome sidekick that takes care of the grunt work, so marketers can focus on the creative and strategic stuff, like coming up with killer campaigns. Then there's the misconception that AI is super complicated and you need to be some kind of tech whiz to use it. Not true. It's getting more user-friendly by the day with tools that are designed to be accessible for everyone, not just the tech elite. Some folks also think AI is just about chatbots and automated replies. But come on, it's so much more. It's about deep data analysis, predictive analytics, and personalization at a level that's mind-boggling. And let's not forget the creepy factor. There's this fear that AI is going to be this big brother type deal, but honestly, it's all about how you use it. It's there to make connections with customers more meaningful, not to invade privacy. So yeah, there's a lot of chatter out there, but once you sift through the myths, you start to see AI for what it really is, a powerhouse tool that's all about boosting the human element, not replacing it. Hold up, hold up. You mentioned the creepiness factor, right? Obviously, the risk of being a creep or looking like a creep, sounding like a creep gets higher 
the closer you get to personalization. Am I correct on that one? So how is AI, you and your buddies, how are you going to affect personalization in a good way without looking at creeps, without making humans look like creeps? Yeah, you're spot on. With great power comes great responsibility, especially when we're talking personalization. AI's got this knack for getting up close and personal with customer data, which is both super cool and a bit of a tightrope walk. The thing is, AI can tailor the online experience like never before. We're talking about showing customers exactly what they want, sometimes even before they know they want it. It's like having a personal shopper who knows your style better than you do. But here's where it gets dicey. Nobody wants to feel like they're being watched or stalked. That's where the creepy vibes can kick in. The key is using AI to enhance the customer experience without overstepping. It's like being a good host at a party. You're attentive, you know what your guests like, but you're not hovering over their shoulder the whole night. AI can help us find that sweet spot, using insights to create those aha moments for customers rather than making them wonder if there's a camera in their laptop. It's all about using data with a dash of empathy and a whole lot of transparency. That way, personalization feels like a treat, not a trick. I guess I will be right to assume that you have some examples of AI-driven personalization in action that generated some amazing results that you are willing to share with the audience today. Absolutely. Let's dive into some real-world examples that aren't just fluff. Take Netflix, for instance. Their recommendation system isn't just a basic algorithm. It's a sophisticated AI that analyzes billions of records to suggest shows and movies. It looks at what you've watched, when you watch it, and even if you finish the series or bail after a couple of episodes. The result? Viewers get hooked on shows they love, and Netflix keeps subscribers coming back for more. Then there's Spotify with its Discover Weekly playlists. Every Monday, you get this fresh playlist that feels like it's been hand-picked by your best friend. That's AI analyzing your music tastes against millions of other users and finding the tunes that'll hit just right. Users end up spending hours listening to new music, and for Spotify, that means more engagement, more subscription retention. It's a win. And let's talk about the retail giant, Amazon. Their customers who bought this item also bought Feature? Classic AI-driven personalization. By examining purchase history and browsing patterns, they're not just upselling. They're providing relevant suggestions that often lead to that, oh, I do need that, moment. This kind of targeting has been a huge part of Amazon's ability to increase average order value. These aren't just happy accidents. They're the product of AI working its personalization magic. It's about serving up the right content, products, and recommendations at the right time, making each user feel like the platform really gets them. That's where AI transforms from a tool into an experience. That's very interesting. So obviously, with AI, the ability to predict what the customer will need is one of the key benefits. Like For most people, when they think about AI, that's one of the first things that come to mind. So tell me how AI uses the data to predict customer behavior and affect or influence the marketing outcomes. Oh, it's like having a crystal ball. But instead of vague prophecies, you're getting data-driven predictions that can seriously rev up your marketing engine. Here's the lowdown. AI sifts through mountains of data, stuff like past purchases, search queries, social media interactions, even the weather. And it's looking for patterns. It's like detective work. But instead of solving mysteries, it's predicting what your customers are going to want, need, or do next. So imagine you've got someone who's been browsing winter coats on your site, 
AI can take that info, mix it with data like the dropping temperatures in their area and the fact that they just searched for ski vacations, and bam, it can predict they're likely to buy a coat soon. The next thing, they're getting a cozy offer from you for the perfect ski jacket. Or in terms of marketing outcomes, say you've got a new product launch. AI can analyze how similar products fared, the buzz on social media, even how changes in the economy might affect sales. It crunches all this to predict not just how many people will hit buy, but when the big rush might come and what messages will hit the mark. This isn't just guesswork, it's smart, savvy forecasting that helps businesses stay one step ahead. It's like having a weather app for consumer behavior. Sunny skies or storms ahead, you're ready for it. That sounds too good to be true. I'm not doubting you and, and, and your abilities, your family's abilities, but there has to be something negative about all this. Please tell me there's something negative that we need to be careful about. And with oh, the analogies, for sure. It's not I'm, all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. AI's got its quirks and pitfalls. First off, garbage in, garbage out. If the data's messy or biased, AI is going to churn out predictions that are way off the mark. It's like trying to bake a cake with salt instead of sugar. No matter how good your recipe is, it's not going to taste right. Then there's the black box problem. Sometimes AI is like that one friend who's got all the answers but can't explain how they got there. That can be a headache when you're trying to figure out why AI made a certain decision or prediction. And let's not gloss over the privacy concerns. AI needs data like a car needs gas. But with all the privacy laws and cookies crumbling, getting that data is getting trickier. It's a fine line to walk between personalization and being too personal. Lastly, there's the risk of over-reliance. Lean too heavily on AI, and you might lose that human touch that makes marketing really resonate. It's like using a GPS to get everywhere. You might forget how to read the signs yourself. So yeah, AI's powerful, but it's not a silver bullet. It takes careful handling, smart data practices, and a sprinkle of human insight to really make the magic happen. Oh, more analogies. That's surprising. So let's hope none of that stuff happens. Let's hope we don't lose the human touch and we don't use a GPS to get everywhere, like you said, and forget to read the signs ourselves. The way most people use AI today, including me right now recording this episode, is to generate content. Are there any tips from you, the AI, on how we can do this in the best way possible. Yeah, AI-generated content is like the new kid on the block that everyone's curious about. It's got a ton of potential, but you've got to use it wisely. Here's the thing. AI is a tool, not the artist. It's there to help you scale your content creation, get past writer's block, or even give you a fresh perspective. But the best tip? Don't take your hands off the wheel. You've got to steer the content to make sure it aligns with your brand voice, your message, and most importantly, your audience. Mix it up too. Use AI to create drafts or outlines, but then bring in your human touch, your experiences, your insights, your personal flair. That's what resonates with readers. It's like adding your secret ingredient to a recipe. That's what makes it special. And keep an eye on quality control. AI can spit out content at warp speed, but you need to make sure it's accurate, makes sense, and isn't just repeating the same old stuff. It's like being a DJ. You don't just hit play. You read the room, you mix the tracks, and you keep the vibe just right. Also, be transparent. If you're using AI, it's cool to let your audience know. It can actually be a talking point, showing you're on the cutting edge as long as you're using it ethically. Bottom line, use AI as your sous chef in the content kitchen. Let it prep the ingredients, but you're the head chef. 
You bring it all together and make sure every dish, that is, every piece of content, has that personal touch that keeps folks coming back for more. Okay, okay, I have a tricky one for you then. How does Google, the granddaddy of all of AIs, how does how do they feel about all this user-generated spammy content, or not spammy, but tons of new content that's overflowing the internet? Google's stance on user-generated content, you mean? It's pretty straightforward. They're all for it as long as it's high quality and adds value. For them, it's about the user experience. They want content that's helpful, informative, and engaging, whether it's written by a pro writer, a passionate blogger, or even an AI-assisted content creator. But Google's got a sharp eye for spammy or low-quality stuff. If your site's packed with user comments, reviews, or forum posts that are off-topic, stuffed with keywords, or just plain sketchy, that's not going to fly. They want to see that you're moderating that content, keeping it clean and relevant. And when it comes to rankings, Google's algorithms are pretty savvy. They can often tell the difference between content that's there to game the system and content that's genuinely adding to the conversation. So the key? Focus on quality, authenticity, and value. No matter who's generating the content, Keep that in mind and you'll be golden in Google's eyes. Okay, I guess we can live with that when I say we humans. So if we do AI-generated content, if it's useful, if it's helpful, if it's good and not just generated for sake of having something out there, Google is going to be okay with it. We will take your words on that because guess Google better than we do. But I want to ask you something else. CRO is something that's probably the most dominant topic on this podcast, website optimization in general. And how can humans use you and your kind to optimize websites? So when you're talking CRO, it's like you're fine-tuning your website to turn more casual browsers into diehard fans, right? And this is where AI comes in. It's like your high-tech toolkit. Picture this. You've got a pile of data about how folks are using your site. AI jumps in and it's, hey, I noticed people are loving this page, but they're bouncing off that one. It's giving you the inside scoop so you can make changes that stick. Then there's A-B testing. Think of it as a taste test, but for your website. You're trying out two flavors of your homepage to see which one makes people want to stick around and buy. AI's handling the grunt work, serving up the options to different users, and keeping track of the scores. And let's chat about the user experience. AIs like your personal shopper, remembering your size and style, then pointing you straight to the jeans that fit just right. On your site, it means tweaking things so everyone feels like it's made for them. AI chatbots are like the friendly folks at the info desk. They're there 24-7, ready to help out, answer questions, and if they can't help, they know who to call. It's about keeping folks engaged so they don't wander off without finding what they came for. Now, predictive analytics. That's the real mind-blower. AI's looking at all the little clues to figure out who's ready to hit buy. It's like reading digital body language. And for the ones who are on the fence, it might slip them a little nudge, like a promo code or a special offer, just when they need that extra push. In a nutshell, we're not trying to replace the human touch. We're here to amp it up. It's about using AI to make your site so spot on that visitors can't help but fall in love with whatever you're selling. And how can I make sure I don't lose the human touch in all of this? Ah, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Keeping the human touch in the digital world is like trying to keep your feet on the ground when you've got a jetpack strapped to your back. It's all about balance. 
First off, you've got to remember that AI is the tool, not the boss. It's there to do the heavy lifting, but you're the one calling the shots. It's like using a fancy oven. It can cook to perfection, but you still need to choose the recipe, the ingredients, and the timing to create a meal that tastes like home. Then it's about personal touches. AI can guide you to the right customers, but it's your job to reach out with a human voice. That means writing copy that sounds like it comes from a person, not a robot. It's the difference between getting a text from a friend instead of a canned birthday message from your dentist. You've also got to keep the conversation going. Use AI to start the chat, but when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, make sure there's a human ready to jump in. It's the digital equivalent of passing the phone to a manager when the customer service script doesn't cut it. And let's not forget about feedback. AI can help you collect it, but you need real people to read it, feel it, and act on it. It's about keeping your ear to the ground and your heart in the game. At the end of the day, it's about using AI to enhance the experience, not to replace the experience. You use it to set the stage, but the human touch is the performance that everyone came to see. Keep that front and center, and you'll have a website that feels less like a vending machine and more like a corner store where everyone knows your name. Keeping your feet on the ground when you've got a jetpack strapped to your back. What's that, an analogy? Why am I not surprised? Okay, final question for today. How can we make sure AI is used in a way that is both transparent and respects customer boundaries? There are many privacy concerns, obviously. There are many ethical considerations here, and, and the future could either be wonderful, where we use the AI in a good way to benefit humanity and, and everyone's lives are better for it, or it could be very scary. Not like Skynet, Terminator, that kind of stuff, but very few individuals using AI to control pretty much everyone else. So how can we make sure that we go for the better option? You're hitting the nail on the head there. It's like we're walking this tightrope between super helpful and kind of intrusive, and nobody wants to fall into the creepy canyon, right? First things first, transparency. It's like when you're doing a magic trick. The audience loves it more if they know it's a trick and not some dark sorcery. Same with AI. Tell your customers what data you're collecting and why. Make it clear as day, like, hey, we noticed you love acoustic guitar music, so we thought you'd dig this. It shows you're not just pulling strings behind the curtain. Consent is king. Before you dive into their data, ask them. It's like asking someone before you borrow their guitar. If they say yes, you're good to jam. If they say no, you leave it in the case. Now for the boundaries, it's all about that do not cross line. You've got to have solid privacy policies in place. Think of it as the fence around your customer's personal space. And stick to it. Don't get tempted to tiptoe over for the sake of better targeting. It's not worth it. Ethics is the big one. It's the compass that should guide every decision you make with AI. Before you do something, ask yourself, is this fair? Is this right? Would I be cool if someone did this with my info? If any of those answers are shaky, then it's a no-go. Last up, Keep an eye on the laws and regulations. They're like the rule book for the game. GDPR, CCPA, all those acronyms. They're there to make sure the game's played fair. Stay up to date and play by the rules. So wrap all that up and you've got yourself a future that's looking bright, not scary. It's about using AI to hold up the flashlight for your customers, lighting their way to what they want without stepping on their toes. Do it right and you're not just winning their business, you're winning their trust. And in this digital age, that's the real jackpot. Okay, thank you. 
chatty, gypty. I don't know what to call you, but this was an interesting exercise. It was equal parts fascinating and pointless. And I, I think what we can all learn here today, we can use AI to generate diarrhea or die AI, diarrhea, whatever. Or we can actually use AI to assist us in creating better things that we are capable of creating without using AI. So hopefully this inspires you to try to create something that you were not able to do without AI. And then just to give you a blueprint for this episode, if podcasts are your thing, of course, ChatGPT, the paid version, as Jim Stern taught me when we talked a few weeks ago, I used it to create the outline. I asked it what an interesting episode would be, and it likes to talk about itself, so it suggested using AI in digital marketing. And then I, I asked it to write a podcast outline for No Hacks Show. Since it can now browse the internet, it knew what the podcast was. It knew what the outline format should be. It wrote the outline. I asked it to expand on, on every segment and to write questions, to write responses to the questions that it will respond to. I, of course, I, the first prompt was to tell ChatGPT to respond sounding as much like a human as it can. I think it did. It's way better than what you get by default. And then I use another tool called, uh, I think, Eleven Labs to generate the voice. I played around with a few different tools there, but this one sounded the least robotic. And then, of course, I use my favorite editing tool, the script, to edit the episode and just remove all the echo and all the horrible sounding things from my voice because I, I'm recording this in a very poorly sound-treated room. Yeah, that was it. I think I need to close things down for this episode and then back to regular programming next week. I have a fascinating guest, another experimentation lead cooperation episode that I cannot wait to talk to. I, I cannot wait to talk to people on this podcast. So for those of you who actually listen to this, thank you. I don't know what else to say. Rate this, review this, share it, whatever. Let's make it viral. Let's make it seem like AI is doing all the work. Thank you very much. I will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.